Alright, so Fast 10. We all know Fast 10 is coming, but obviously for me, Fast 10 ain't coming fast enough, goddammit, because May 19th of this year is the release date, and I feel like because this is probably my most anticipated movie of the year, this shit's gonna take forever, man. This is the one that's gonna drag out the same way Fast 9 dragged out, and you know, I, I feel like now, as of right now, I, I've got just enough to, you know, to, to, to keep me hungry for this two-part finale. Now, whether this is an actual finale, that, you know, that's subjective. Y'all y'all can take that how y'all want it. Vin Diesel said this is the two-part finale. We are wrapping up this storyline. We are going to end the story of Dominic Toretto and crew. Whether y'all want to believe that, that's up to y'all. But I, <laughs> listen... We know what the fuck is about to happen. Uh, Fast and Furious Spy Racers is a thing that's on Netflix. And I remember turning that shit on. And actually, I remember doing the trailer reaction a while back. And I remember saying to myself, we're about to be 10 movies in. 11 if you count Hobbs and Shaw. But 10 movies in the actual storyline that that doesn't have any spinoffs. I mean, technically, you could consider Tokyo Drift a, a Han spinoff. I, whatever. But let's let's just keep it. Let's just keep it where it's at. We about to be 10 movies in with the Dominic Toretto storyline. And I remember doing that trailer reaction for Fast and Furious Spy Racers. And I'm like, we're about to be 10 movies in. What's the difference, man? Like, there's jetpacks on these cars. They shoot rockets. They do missions. This is Mission Impossible type of shit going on. It's it's no different from the dynamic we have reached with the Fast and Furious franchise. And honestly, that's one of the reasons I keep coming back to these movies, um, the live action movies. They up the ante every single time. But uh, I had mentioned Spy Racers because one, the, the series definitely is not too far from the shit that they do in that animated series. But Spy Racers is a prime example of the fact that the Fast and Furious universe is so open. It's expanded itself so much that anybody can get a spinoff like don't be surprised if you see ramsey with her own spinoff would i do that personally no i would put ramsey in one of two spinoffs if not both i would definitely put ramsey in a roman and tej spinoff which i hope will definitely come into fruition sooner than later after this two-part series is over or two-part finale is over but you put ramsey in a roman and tej spinoff or you put ramsey in the all-led female uh or the all-female-led spinoff series uh that uh I, I think there was i can't remember the the one of the producers or the ceo of universal pictures one of the ladies that's in charge um she is definitely the hbic over at universal and she said that she definitely wants to make a female-led fast and furious spinoff movie i feel like the series has definitely deserved that shit they have been deserving of a female spinoff um probably since the first couple movies honestly because this series has always had strong female leads they've always had michelle rodriguez on the front line you know um rooting for the female characters even threatening to leave the franchise if they didn't get a female writer that was going to punch up the writing and give um you know the female characters more to do i feel like we're gonna i, I say all that to say this man we're gonna get spinoffs we are going to get spinoffs but um for the time being this two-part finale will have to do and uh, there's a lot of things that we can expect in, in Fast 10. I don't necessarily have to talk about those things. If you listen to my trailer reaction, y'all know where I'm at with it. If y'all follow me on social media, y'all know where I'm at with it. The theorizing, I, I do a lot of theorizing that I probably can't fit into this episode by itself. And I don't want to make this a two hour long episode of me, you know, talking my Fast and Furious shit. Because if it's one thing that'll be two hours long, it'll, it'll be this this topic in particular. But we ain't here for that, man. Like I said, Fast 10 is coming May 19th. 
Louis Leterrier has stepped into the driver's seat, the direction, the director of the Incredible Hulk and the Transporter, and I, I think it was Clash of Titans. Let's let's look at it really quickly just to be sure, because um, I always get this dude's, you know, his his accolades wrong here. Um, now you see me, Clash of the Titans, right? The Brothers Grimsby. Now you see me, Clash of the Titans, the Incredible Hulk, Transporter Two. Transporter 1 and Unleashed, like I said, for all the Jet Li fans out there. Um, Justin Lin is still on deck as a, um, you know, as a, a one of the writers on the screenplay. And he's also executive producing this, if I'm not mistaken. All the, you know, all the major players are coming back. Vin Diesel, Michelle Rodriguez, Tyrese Ludacris, Natalie Emmanuel, Charlize Theron, um, you know, John Cena. We got the new additions of Jason Momoa, who looks like he's going to be a fucking force to be reckoned with. Oh, let me not forget Jordana Brewster. She's definitely one of the day one players. Jason Statham's coming back. Rita Moreno is in here. Brie Larson, Helen Mirren, Alan Richson, who I'm very curious to see who he is in this. Um, in this, I'm, They give like a brief character description of who he is, but I want to see him in action. I want to see him pissed off because they didn't, you know, they did him wrong during the production and the post-production and the, you know, the advertising, the marketing for that Ninja Turtles movie. I want to see him do his thing in here. I hope he gets to shine. Michael Rooker is somebody that I feel like we haven't been talking enough about. Like, he's credited on IMDb here, but Michael Rooker is coming back as Buddy, who was, you know, Dominic Toretto and Jacob Toretto and Jack Toretto, you know, their father. He was, he was good friends with them in that flashback sequence, and he is in the present day uh sequences just i think he's in one of the sequences where vin diesel has got that super tight fucking uh muscle shirt on that i feel like you, it, that shit's so tight you could probably see his heartbeat in that shit and uh, he know good and goddamn well he shouldn't have came out the house with a shirt that tight on but that's the dominic toretto way but I, i'm curious to see how much bigger of a role michael rooker will have speaking of roles that you know we are going to have uh in this movie or lack thereof I think it's I think it's pretty interesting, man. This news that came out um, about Paul Walker's character Brian O'Connor, uh, whether he shows up or whether he doesn't, and how he shows up in in Fast Ten. Now, you know, we all know Brian O'Connor. Uh, he his character showed up at the end of Fast Nine. That was a good treat. I feel like they spoiled the shit out of that in the Fast Nine Super Bowl trailer. That's neither here nor there. But um. You know, he, he was there nonetheless. It was one of the last frames of the movie before the credits started rolling. Then you had a post-credit scene with Jason Statham and um, and Sung Kane's character. I did not mention Sung Kane. Gotta say Sung Kane's coming back because he looks like he's going to have some cool scenes in Fast 10. But um, if I could stick with the focal point here, which is Paul Walker's character, Brian O'Connor. Now, we know, I feel like we knew that while Furious 7 gave both Paul Walker and Brian O'Connor, one of the best and most emotional send-offs that I've ever seen on screen, that a lot of us have ever seen on screen. I felt like they did it in such a a, a great and, you know, um, it, it was such a polished and, and suitable way for them to, to let everybody say goodbye to their favorite character and, their, you know, the, the man, the actual actor. You know, I think it was like a, it was a one-two punch that they pulled off, man. And shout out to James Wan and everybody that was a part of, um, especially not only the part of a part of making Furious Seven, but a part of the creative process and giving him the, the proper send off. Um, and the thing, the interesting thing about, you know, Brian O'Connor's character is while Paul Walker is no longer with us, the character of Brian O'Connor and, you know, the directors have been pretty vocal about this. He still is alive in the Fast and Furious universe. 
just because the man, the actor is gone, that does not mean they retired the character and just killed him off. You know, um, I think that was a ballsy move that they did with uh, Wakanda Forever. And um, I, I don't know if they would do that with the Fast and Furious franchise, but uh, they have they have made it clear that Brian is alive at this point. He's alive in Fast 10. And um, like one of the things with that ending for Fast 9 I feel like they're about to do something in Fast 10 that I that was going to be a big pet peeve of mine. I did not want them to just act like that ending with Brian pulling up to the Toretto house at the end. I did I just didn't want them to act like it didn't exist. Like let's not just pick up and and see what the family's up to in Fast 10. Let's follow up and see what happened. Like even if we get a quick glimpse of Brian O'Connor because I feel like Brian he was um you know Vin Diesel is the muscle and the core of this this story now. But we got to be honest, man, Brian O'Connor, Paul Walker was the like the emotional centerpiece of the movie for the most part. And the movie was very much about him. It was just as much about him as it was about Vin Diesel's character, probably more because he was the one that went undercover. I feel like we spent more time with Brian O'Connor's character as opposed to Dom. And, you know, we later on, the movies definitely became about Dominic Toretto. Uh, I would say once maybe maybe Fast Five came around. Um, the movies, the plot points definitely centered around him. I won't say part four because it was still very much about Brian being, you know, wanting to be a, a cop um, and, you know, uh, being on the other side of a wanted poster, like how Vince said in Fast Five. But, you know, to see Brian O'Connor's journey up, you know, from Fast Furious one up until Fast Seven, you know, the first one, it, you know, a lot of people say it was a point break, point break rip as far as you know, him being the Keanu Reeves character infiltrating the, you know, the gang and all this other stuff. And it was, but I like that movie a hell of a lot better than, uh, I actually can't remember much of Point Break at all. And I've never seen the remake, but I, I, I will always show that favoritism towards the Fast and Furious franchise. But, um, you know, his character was so likable that the, the main focal point of Too Fast, Too Furious was him again. But he was, you know, he was the lawman gone rogue and he had to work with the cops to take down um, Cole Hauser's character, Carter Verone. But while a lot of people, Fast, Too Fast, Too Furious is not their favorite Fast and Furious movie, but it will always hold a special place for me because it introduces that brotherhood between Brian and Roman Pierce, um, Tyrese's character. And I will always appreciate that movie for establishing Roman Pierce for, you know, Roman Pierce has made a, a quite the transition as a character as the sequels go on and you know he's become a, the butt of a lot of jokes but roman pierce was gangster as shit in too fast too furious i feel like he hasn't been j that tough and that fired up in, in a long time but i will always love and you know the fact that john singleton transitioned into making you know that type of action uh, action film that fueled up so to speak type of action film I, I love that transition rest in peace shout out to um john singleton um but, you know, I, I say all that to say this, man. Um, you know, we got that ending for Fast 9. That cemented the fact that Brian O'Connor, not only is he alive, he's going to be interacting with the family again. Like, that, that scene left such a mark on me that I paused it and zoomed in to see who was actually driving that, that Supra. That blue Supra had the same license plate number, if I'm not mistaken, as the blue Supra he was driving in Furious 7. So that was a nice little Easter egg. But I, I zoomed in on that shit because I'm like, wait, was that a stunt double? Did they just put 
you know, did they put one of his brothers in there? Was it just some random ass driver they put in there and they figured we didn't give a fuck? No, I'm that movie geek that's going to zoom in and see what I can see. You know, that's how I realized that the stuntman driving Vin Diesel's Charger in the first movie had a fucking helmet on when he smacked out into the train. But that's neither here nor there, people. I feel like going into um, going, going into Fast 10 with tie-ins to fast and furious 5 and if you don't know what tie-ins i'm talking about if you have not seen the trailer or read any plot descriptions for fast 10 then spoiler alert because it's about to go down um basically long story short you have the son of hernan reyes who was the the villain in fast 5 the guy who ran cuba that they robbed you know they took his safe at the end of the movie we see that when they take that safe when brian and dom take that safe jason momoa's character dante is very much there when they pull that fucking safe out of that, you know, out of that building. And then we not only see that he's there for that, we see that he's in one of those cars with the with the uh, with the turret guy on the top of it. And when that safe slams into the car, it knocks it into the water and you see Jason Momoa, which I'm pretty sure is their, you know, their their Aquaman reference that they're giving everybody. Um, you see Jason Momoa wake up in the water and his whole thing is, Dom, you took that away from me and my family. So I'm going to break your family apart piece by piece. But I feel like while this movie, the trailer showcases uh, Dante going after Dom and trying to split the team up and systematically breaking shit down, like I said in the trailer reaction, um, I feel like no no good deed goes unpunished. I feel like all that Robin Hood shit has got to backfire on not only Dom, it's got to backfire on, uh, on Brian O'Connor as well because he is just as responsible for what happened to uh dante as dom is so my thing is i don't think we're gonna you know somebody was like um you know do you think they're gonna kill paul walker's character off in, in fast 10 that would be a ballsy move don't get me wrong that would be ballsy like if he said i'm gonna take care of you the same way i took care of brian and dom just loses his shit but then i don't think they're ready to make that type of i don't think they're ready to fuck with the audiences like that because then that means we already lost Paul Walker, so we're losing his character as well. Mia's losing her husband. Little Brian, uh, is it Little Brian? No, Little Jack. You know, they named him after um, Mia and Dom's dad. Little Jack and his sister are losing their father. So we've got the most wholesome, uh, wholehearted character in the series, for the most part, just gone. So as ballsy as it sounds, and it would, it would definitely, it wouldn't make or break the movie for me. It would make me go, oh, shit stakes have been raised again and i feel like that's something the fast and furious franchise needs to do and stick with it kind of like the scream franchise had to learn to do all over again when you get into territory where you start having these emotionally charged death sequences and funeral sequences just to bring these characters back um sometimes it takes away from from how heavy-hearted those those sequences were and i feel like that's becoming something that that's a, a is way too big of a trend in these movies it's the soap opera syndrome man where you think that this person's been dead for a couple seasons or episodes or you know sequels and they pop up now whether the explanation is plausible or not that's up to the viewer um whether you want to believe letty you know dom imagined how she died and this is how letty really died and or how she really lost her memory when uh phoenix blew up the car that's up to you whether to believe but i will believe that more than i believe han was a fucking hologram the entire time in tokyo drift when jason statham knocked him off the road they brought han back whatever it is what it is there's plot holes all over this franchise but i still love it um now i don't think they'll kill brian's character off 
will Brian and Dante have crossed paths before he runs into Dom? I'm not sure. But um, whether we see, whether we're going to see, um, you know, Brian O'Connor's character or not, excuse me, Louis Leterrier was very upfront, I guess I could say, about, I mean, it's kind of vague, but it's kind of upfront. I mean, y'all be the judge when y'all hear this, this article I'm about to read um, by Louis Leterrier. And he says in regards to Paul Walker's Brian character, and I quote, Brian is very much alive in the world of Fast and Furious. In nine, we see the car coming. It's something that is planned. This movie jumps back and forth between the past and the present. You will see Brian in the past. You won't see Brian in the present. It's something that everybody has to be on board with. The Walker family is still very much a part of this franchise. You'll see how in this movie or you'll see how in this movie it just has to be the right moment, the right tone. I think what James Wan did at the end of seven was perfect. The tone was perfect. Brian has to re-enter the franchise as perfectly as he left it. End quote. And I like, listen, reading that is kind of like, it's very bittersweet. I am so glad that not only is Louis Leterrier calling himself personally the biggest fast and furious franchise and or biggest fast and furious franchise fan in the world um and him saying directly that fast five is his favorite entry in the series that is why he purposely wanted to pick up you know um from the events that took place in that movie in in this one but i i feel like what he's saying here i don't know if we're just going to see brian in stock footage flashback sequences uh you know that was already filmed in fast five are there going to be sequences that were recreated? Are we going to get like a slightly de-aged Vin Diesel? I don't think you would have to de-age him for Fast Five. Just put like a little stubble on him because, you know, he was on the run. He was growing his beard out a little bit or whatever you want to call it. Five o'clock shadow. Are we going to like are we going to play with that de-aged thing? Are we going to CG Brian O'Connor for the flashback sequences? Um, and he says that, you know, he said, you won't see Brian in the present. So, again, it's, it's bittersweet because while we will see Brian in this movie, whether CG or stock footage, okay, that's cool. Especially if they CG it in the past sequence. But you don't see him in the present. It's like, all right, this is where it starts to bother me. Now, I know these are these are dangerous, treacherous territories to go about. Um, this is a delicate situation, and as it should be. You know, uh, Paul Walker's gone. His family's involved with the project, so I feel like everything has to go through them, if anything. But um, this is where it starts to bother me. Because, you know, whatever it was in Fast 9, it brought Mia's ass out of retirement, and she just, what, told Brian, here, here's uh, the ESPN package and some buffalo wings and some pizza and some spending money and all this other shit. Like, like, he, like you know, she was leaving like he had a babysitter on the way or some shit mind you she left him at home with both the kids and i know there's a line in fast nine where she tells dom you know my kids are in this our kids are in the safest hands ever with brian and that's cool that's fine i'm cool with that but you letting your woman like who could watch his kids you know I, like who who are brian's parents because you won't let your woman just go off and flip and you know and flip armadillo trucks over with her brother and like come on man like it's it's we have to make it make sense at this point now for brian not to be present in fast 10 you know your fucking uh your fucking nephews getting snatched up all types of shit like what's what's going on what is what's happening to where brian can't show up 
You know, are these kids just just, you know, running amok to the point where like even if we have a scene that takes place in the present, this is what I thought we was going to get in Fast 9. I thought there was going to be a scene where either Mia or Dom talked to Brian on the phone and we don't necessarily have to do any close ups on his face. We can just have a moment where he's just like, hey, Dom or hey, Mia, you know, Jack. And they never said the daughter's name, but it's like, yeah, the kids are good, blah, blah, blah. Let me talk to Dom or Dom says, let me talk to Mia. I don't know, but I felt like they should have at least had a phone conversation. But I don't know, man. It, it, it's I'm, I'm always flip flopping with this idea because. Paul Walker's like his presence and his absence was felt in Fast 8, you know, Fate of the Furious. And all Roman says is one line. They mention him about two or three times in a movie in the beginning where Vin Diesel's um, he's uh, he's he's fucking with the car so he can, you know, he's like old trick the buster used to play. And, you know, it's to speed his car up when they're racing the Cuban mile in the beginning. So that's one mention of him. The next mention is when Dom goes rogue and and the whole headquarters gets fucked up. Roman's like Brian would know what to do and you know Letty looks at him she's like no we can't bring Brian and Mia into this we agreed on that and he's like I know and that I'm telling y'all I welled up when I heard you know that exchange between those two characters because it just goes to show not only the characters miss Brian but the cast miss him and I love that it was Roman that said the line because honestly he knew he knew you know Brian better than anybody he knew Brian he met him in Juvie Hall that was pre-Dominic Toretto and crew so he's got the most history and the most brotherhood um you know in in a lot of different ways with Brian man but I you know I I don't know man this is it's good news that we're acknowledging this and we're not just trying to write off the Brian O'Connor character but that ending gave me too much fucking hope that ending gave me too much goddamn hope man and um if we see Brian in past sequences it's like how how often do we see him for how long and during which sequences it's like at, at what point does he does he is he going to leave the kids to jump into action does you know if we do see brian does this mean mia dies i feel like this movie has to have high stakes i feel like somebody in the crew i'm not talking about diogo or somebody we bring back from eight movies ago one of the main crew has to die i don't know if it's going to be ramsey I think it it would make a dark ass tone for the second part of this finale if Mia dies. That would be. Could y'all imagine if Jordana Brewster's character dies in this one, and then we definitely get that ending that I want, that Avengers Infinity War moment where, holy shit, did we just lose what just happened? I think that shit would set the tone for a crazy finale, man. Like, could y'all imagine Mia dying, like dying for real? And they linger on it, you know, just as long as they lingered on everybody turning into Ash and Infinity War. And then at the end of the movie, Dom has to call Brian. He has to call him. And maybe Brian's like playing with the kids. And then, Brian, you know, he, you don't, maybe you don't get any audio, but you can see Brian like you just get the back view of him, not a, a close up on his face. But you get the back view of Brian. Imagine him getting the call that his wife is gone. You know, these kids mother is gone and him just like we never seen Brian have superhuman strength like, you know, like The Rock and Vin Diesel have had in these movies and John Cena. But imagine Brian just crushing whatever phone he's holding and or just like punching a hole in the wall and walking off and then it just going off. I'm telling you something. If we bring Brian O'Connor back, something has to happen, man. Does he cross paths with Dante at some point? Um, You know, does he save the day? I feel like If we see Brian in any portion of the second part of Fast 10, I feel like Brian should definitely be that save the day guy. Um, He should definitely be the guy who just, 
you know, when our backs are against the wall and we don't know what's going to happen. Brian O'Connor, let me just say this now. I keep making Avengers references, and I know a lot of people out there that can't stand these movies, and they're like, oh, they're basically the Avengers at this point. This should please y'all. I'm, I'm trying to be a people pleaser here. If I got to make another Avengers reference, Avengers, am I making up fucking movie titles now? Avengers reference. Um, I feel like if Brian O'Connor is going to make any type of introduction all over again, Brian O'Connor needs to show up the way Thor showed up in Wakanda. Like, I'm telling y'all, when Thor showed up, when you see that Stormbreaker knocking motherfuckers down, and then you you know who it belongs to, but you kind of just anticipating to see it just, just, just go back to his rightful owner, and when they play that fucking Avengers music, and that, that Stormbreaker finds his way back into Thor's hand, whoo, yo, listen, almost shouted for, for glory just now. That sequence had me, like, my eyes teared up. That was such an amazing sequence. And then that whole bring me Thanos line, if you're going to bring Brian O'Connor back, then take notes of that shit. And listen, there's going to be a bunch of Avengers references for me because I feel like it needs to be, Fast 10 needs to be Infinity War, Fast 10 Part 2 needs to be Endgame. And if we are going the dark route that I think we may go, that I, that I think we might have thought we thought, then Dominic Toretto has to make the sacrifice play. He has to make a play that is similar to Iron Man, that gauntlet snap, that infinity snap heard around the world. And it's gotta be, it's got to be rough. It's got to be emotional. That's that's what we need to have happen. But as far as um as far as Brian O'Connor goes, you know, when we get him back, it's gonna be like a prize. You know what I'm saying? When we get him back in Fast 10, whatever point we get him back in the present, even in the past sequences, I feel like it's gonna be a prize. Whether they recreate it or use original footage. Um, either way, it's like a prize. But I feel like getting him for the finale, what I, what I hope is going to be vehicular warfare, vigilante eight, twisted metal. Let's go all out and have rocket ships coming out of the asses of our cars type of business. Then yeah, Brian O'Connor. Um, it, it's going to be epic. It's going to be amazing to see him again. It's going to get people in their feelings all over again. It's going to make us miss Paul Walker again. It's going to make us go back and binge the movies and, and, and try to appreciate what we loved about Paul Walker in the first place in these movies. But my question is, with spinoffs to come, because they're coming, even though we're capping this storyline off, um, do how do we send them off again? How do we send Brian O'Connor off again? Do we send the team members off? Because I feel like because this is very much connected to Fast Five, directly connected to Fast Five. Um, so at the end of Fast Five, we did see our heroes um, going into different directions, going about their business. We see Han and Giselle going to Madrid, and um, we see Brian and Mia. You know, they're they're about to have a baby. You see Dom and Elena. You see uh, Roman and Tej got the same car with these these beautiful women uh, standing next to the cars. We see Leo and Santos. Um, what, did, what did Han say in part six? Last time I saw them, they were hitting up the casinos in Monte Carlo. And then we saw them in later on later films. We saw them in um, Fate of the Furious. And we saw uh, I think we saw Santos in Fast 9. And we saw how they how Dom met them in, in a flashback sequence, too. But are we going to have a, a, a final ending like that where we really see, you know, maybe we have Dom doing some posthumous narration or something like that. You know, where he says, again, I live my life a quarter mile at a time and all this other stuff. Maybe in that, like, I don't know, maybe I'm making too many direct Avengers references here. Maybe I'm expecting Avengers out of this shit. But I think that'd be dope, man, if they took some notes and, and some pointers from from those last two Avengers movies, man. Like maybe we get some type of narration and see everybody going their separate ways. 
But um, I'm just wondering how we send Brian O'Connor off again because I feel like whatever it is, it's got to be epic and it's got to be emotionally heavy enough to where maybe we don't ever have to see Brian O'Connor again. Uh, you know, it, again, it's, it's, it's dangerous territory to try to recreate somebody who passed away. Um, sometimes it doesn't always work. But I feel like with, with tributes like Black Panther, even though they didn't recreate T'Challa on screen, I feel like nonetheless tributes like what they did for Chadwick Boseman and T'Challa in, in Wakanda Forever. I feel like what they did for Harold Ramis and Egon Spangler in Ghostbusters Afterlife, which was a fantastic fucking tribute. Woo, that, oh my God, that's a whole nother topic for another time. But I feel like we, we've gotten enough homework on how to handle these types of situations with these actors that passed away, how to honor them and you know how to, how to let their legacy continue on in, in, in different ways, and you know whether we see them again or not. So I feel like they can do it in a way where we never have to see Brian O'Connor again. But moving forward, if we never see him or uh, Jordana Brewster again, I feel like with the spinoffs, if Dom doesn't die, there has to be somebody that's going to connect the dots. If Dom doesn't die in Fast 10, then he has to be the the, uh, I, you know, the connective tissue for every spinoff. Like, you, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Let me call up Uncle Dom or some shit like that. Or maybe you have Letty as the connective tissue throughout all of these movies or Roman and Tej. I feel like it could work for anybody at this point in the series i feel like all the characters ha have reached their um respect respectful fan bases i mean we'll see what john cena does i think a lot of people took a liking to him in fast nine i definitely did i didn't think i was gonna like him and he looks like he's um he looks like he's unhinged in this one so i, I can't wait to see that but to wrap things up people i'm surprised this only took me you know less than six hours to, to, to have this conversation with y'all to wrap things up uh all in all i'm i'm definitely excited to see brian o'connor back in the fast and furious franchise now i won't lie i got happy feet when i saw him the moment i saw him but i had to i had to check myself and i was like okay this is a flashback sequence from fast five but then my brain started working the more and more i watched the trailer because it was a shot that people thought was brian o'connor in the trailer and it wasn't it's the shootout on the bridge and somebody's holding up a um you know an assault rifle and he's geared up like in tech like with tactical vest and all of that it is alan richardson's character um i keep calling this motherfucker richardson it's richson why did he just put the erd in there like the, the richardson is so much easier to pronounce than than alan richson like i just i feel like i'm saying it wrong i might be but it is Alan Richson on the bridge, people. Um, and uh, I, I had to go back and look my damn self because there, like, when everybody was like, yo, does that look like Brian on the bridge? I was like, wait, let me go back and watch just to make sure. It is not. And I did look again, and I thought I saw, like, Fast Five's version of Brian O'Connor on the bridge running past uh, Jason Momoa's character. There's a shot on the bridge shootout where there's a bunch of people charging in the direction that Jason Momoa's car is facing, and they're shooting some shit up. And um, it's the same sequence where Dominic Toretto, he's he's helping D Daniela Melchior's character because he's got the car door that he's torn off or flew off, whatever. And he's using it like Captain America style type shield situation. And there's a guy that runs past Jason Momoa's car and looks like Brian. It looks exactly how he was dressed in Fast Five, just a regular T-shirt and jeans and, uh, and, and low top sneakers. But I don't think that's him either. I mean, listen. If, unless Louis Leterrier lied to us, um, then we are going to see Brian. But I, I believe what he's saying, and um, I, I'm, I'm going to trust that this director knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what property he's on. He's, uh, he's done enough homework, and I feel like he is trying to please everybody as well. Because while this movie, this movie does look like it's up in the ante, it looks like it's everything I could want out of a Fast and Furious movie. 
Um, he is catering to the people that really started to gravitate towards the franchise globally. Um, if you ask around, the majority of the people are going to tell you Fast Five is the best in the series. It's their favorite in the series. And I don't really argue that too much. I am a Fast Six guy. I feel like that bar has been set. But, um, you know, there, there's a the majority of the people that love these movies, they always go back to part five. That's when Dwayne Johnson was introduced. And I feel like the dynamic is so good in Fast Five um, because you bring in Dwayne Johnson, who's just this big, hulking, uh, ruthless, forceful character. And we look at him like he's the villain, but we are so invested in these characters, uh, you know, the Vin Diesel's and the Paul Walker's and the Jordana Brewster's that we forget that these motherfuckers are criminals. And The Rock's character, Hobbs, is just doing his job. He, what do he say in Fast Five? I'm just here to bring in two assholes whose names hit my desk. That's it. Like, that's about as blunt as you're going to get with the shit. And we just love seeing these guys steal cars and do these heists and all these larger-than-life antics. We love it so much that we forget that they're the criminals. And, you know, Hobbs is on the right side of the law. And that kind of made him a criminal, too, at the end of the movie. But, you know, I, I say all that to say this, man. Everybody loves Fast Five for the most part. They say that's when the series peaked, and then after that, they just got way too ridiculous. And, you know, you can say that. I'm all for them up in the ante, but Fast Five, with the exception of, you know, Brian O'Connor flipping a prison bus, I feel like we knew physics was already out the window in Fast Four. But Fast Five definitely cemented that shit by flipping a prison bus and the, that, that cliff jump that they do, that Dom and Brian do in the beginning. But I feel like it is one of the more grounded sequels as far as the outlandish sequels go. We, they didn't get outlandish really until five and six and so on and so forth. But it is the most grounded one. And rightfully so, because that's when they let us know this action, the whole traje trajectory, I think is the word. That whole, The whole shit is about to change. The game has changed. And, um, you know, I, I, I have much respect to this director for gravitating back to something that you know maybe he was like oh my god these people are going to think i don't know what i'm doing with this and um i, I don't know man I, I i just really i i really appreciate that he is such a fan of the series and he's not just some guy just trying to cash in on the name and you know just blow a bunch of shit up and do these crazy stunts and all this other shit and then just be done with the series uh i don't know is he coming back to direct part two of fast 10 i have no idea um but you better handle brian o'connor properly that that's that's all i gotta say about that that's how i'm closing out uh i have very high hopes very high expectations i am trusting that they know what they're doing with the brian o'connor character i just want them to fix the eyes just fix the eyes man it was it was something about them eyes in a lot of scenes where he was cg and furious 7 i went to the theater to see furious 7 um and i remember every sequence where the CG Paul Walker was there, I would tap my friends. I was there with two of my friends, and I would tap them to get on their nerves. I'm like, that's not him. That's not Paul Walker right there. That's not Paul Walker either. There were two frames, two shots in that movie that had me fooled. It was when they first get into Lycan Hypersport, and Brian starts going through the glove the glove compartment looking for um, the God's Eye chip. I did not know that was CG. That looked very fucking good, very well done. And I did not know it was CG when Brian gets to the top of the, the, the building and he tells Ramsey I'm at the repeater and he hooks up to that shit. I didn't I didn't know that was him either. But um I feel like they like all in all they did a good job with the character. I'm hoping that they do um you know they do the character of Brian O'Connor justice. I feel like the fans that are curious to see what they're you know, to see him come back, 
I feel like uh, we definitely deserve that. And there are, rightfully so, there's a bunch of fans out there that don't want to see this. They feel like it's disrespectful to the legacy of Paul Walker. And, you know, everybody's entitled, man. Everybody's entitled to feel how they want to feel. Um, I, me, personally, I don't think it's disrespectful because he knew that they were going to make several more of these movies. He knew they were in the can. It was all about, and he said this in an interview personally, he said it was all about who wants to come back. You know, who's going to helm this thing and who, which cast members are going to come back? You know, who's going to survive? Who's going to be around for this X, Y, and Z? But um, I'm looking forward to seeing my boy uh, back on screen, man. Shout out to the Walker family, Cody and Caleb, for, you know, uh, being heavily involved with Furious 7 and hopefully with this one as well. I've seen a couple pictures where I think it was Cody. Is he the younger one where Cody was on? Set? Oh, no, it was Caleb, where Caleb Walker was on set with uh, with the cast and crew. And, um, you know, again, rest in peace. Shout out to Paul Walker, man. I hope they I hope they do this justice. I hope Fast 10 is the action movie of the year like I'm, you know, uh, expecting it to be. Expectations always high, man. Always been high, people. And y'all already know where to go. And if y'all don't, y'all can follow the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Radio Public, Podbean, and Podcast Addict. Shout out to Anchor. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, Romero Tudor. Shout out to the Facebook movie group, The Cinemaniacs. And last but certainly not least, shout out to the Tudor reviewers, the listeners, the lovers, the supporters out there. Definitely got to, um, I did not know... I thought it was I thought it was some bullshit. I thought it was like a a, a, a fake article or some shit. But uh, I didn't know Knock at the Cabin is now streaming. You know, it's streaming online and on TV and all that shit. And I have not seen it yet. I have not seen it uh, on an episode of RNZ Live, which actually y'all can check out tomorrow night. Uh, shout out to my boy Johnny Zuko. Make sure y'all check out his podcast, Bumping the Night Podcast 1428 on Podbean and wherever else you get your podcasts at. But I remember um, I remember telling Johnny and uh, Aaron Latour, shout out to him from Cinema Space Podcast. I remember asking or asking them, um, you know, was Knock at the Cabin any good? Did he do the usual M. Night Shyamalan twist? And, you know, they had different opinions on it, but they said it wasn't it wasn't terrible. But I just I didn't know what to really gather from it. But I'm debating whether I want to do commentary for it or whether I just want to watch it, uh, you know, dolo without recording and then do a review for it i feel like a review will take much longer than the commentary man because honestly in a lot of that trailer i don't know what the fuck is going on but that's classic m night Shyamalan for you uh what the fuck is definitely that man's middle name if not his you know his his actual name on his birth certificate but big shout out to him man i don't know i was just thinking about checking it out man this is another reason why i wish y'all could just comment in and call in right away like to just give me some encouragement or lack thereof for uh, knock at the cabin. I, I'm going to watch it. Maybe I'll just check it out tonight. Do some commentary. Maybe bring the commentary out for y'all tomorrow. We'll see what happens, people. It depends on um, depends on if my chakras and my shamalans feel aligned this evening. But y'all already know where to go, man. And if y'all don't, I just repeated my goddamn self. This is one of the reasons why people caffeine intake. Y'all got to be careful with it. I almost gave y'all my outro twice. It's something about this outro that I feel like I need to shorten up. Um. But then every time I say that, I feel like I go back to humble beginnings where I didn't know how to close these episodes out for y'all. When I first started, I used to be like, oh, my God, what the fuck am I going to say? Do I tell them, you know, catch you later, see you later? I don't know what to do. But listen, man, y'all know the love and support that y'all showed me. I show it back to y'all tenfold and then some. So with that being said, people, yours truly for Meryl Tudor, another episode of Tudor Reviews in the can. I'll check y'all on the next one.